0: It's been proven that you know if you can figure out what time of day you work best at you're gonna be more productive
1: pretty share we can do better i don't believe in the rigid nine to five 40 hour work week life is short and people spend way too much of it working you deserve more time to do the things that light you up so you can show up in the world as the best version of yourself The Pretty Sure We Can Do Better podcast will explore all the ways you can create more freedom and flexibility in your life so you will feel less stressed and more empowered to make a difference in the world. The world needs you to be happier. The world needs you to feel more fulfilled. The world needs you to smile more and I know we can get you there. Each week we will hear from people who are doing this well. We will gain insights into how they are creating the life they've always wanted. I'm your host, Angie Cazares, and together, I'm Pretty Sure We Can Do Better. Welcome back to Pretty Sure We Can Do Better. I wanted to start off this episode and remind you of an upcoming challenge I have. Starting this Friday, October 2nd, I am doing the Side Hustle Starter Challenge. And for me, this is going to be a really fun challenge because that's how I started my business, was as a side hustle. I was working... Full time in the nonprofit sector. I never really had a big salary, so I was always looking for ways that I could make a little bit more money on the side to, you know, be able to travel more with my family or pay off debt, things like that. So I was just brainstorming ways that I could make more money, and that's where I came up with Accountability Buddy for Hire. So I wanted to do a little five day challenge where We do that together. We brainstorm ideas, help you clarify some strengths that you have that you might be able to use in starting your own side income generating project. So that's getting started this Friday. It's totally free. And if you complete all five days of the activities, then I'm even going to offer some free coaching and accountability for, you know, just coming up with a plan for you to take from there. So yeah, there's, it's a win-win. If you've been thinking about exploring the world of side hustles, come join us. There's going to be a link in the show notes for you to join. And I would love to get you started on that. So definitely come check it out. Now on to introducing our guest for this week, Mary Thingvall. Mary is the director of developer relations at Comunda. She has written the first book ever on developer relations, The Business Value of Developer Relations. And she's also a podcast host of the monthly podcast Community Pulse. And Mary has been working remotely for many many years either in her jobs or she even did some freelance work that you'll hear about as well and she was generous enough to come on and share some of her favorite productivity hacks on being productive at home while you're working remotely or starting your own business and also shares tips on how she doesn't get burnt out and how she helps her team to not get burnout. So very, very grateful that she came on to share these tips because I hear from a lot of people that this has been a new experience working remotely during the pandemic, and some people are doing better than others. So yeah, it really helps to just get insight from somebody who has been doing it a long time. So I will jump right into the interview with Mary and here she is. Hey Mary, how are you? Hey Angie, I'm doing well thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. I, I want to start and have you tell everybody a bit about yourself and your background and go from there.
0: Absolutely. So I have an interesting non-linear path to where I wound up today.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Um, I actually started out in journalism um, have been writing all my life, have loved writing all my life, but managed to graduate from college right around the time when all of the newspapers were letting go of their editorial staff, uh-huh. um, because yay internet. So yep. blogs were taking off and everything else. And so I pivoted a little bit I actually landed a job at a tech media company called O'Reilly Media. If you're in the tech world, you might be familiar with their programming books or at least familiar with the woodcut animals that are on the covers. It kind of sets them apart. Um, But I wound up in their public relations department. So still writing, but writing press releases and really kind of diving into the deep end of what is these various topics from things like Drupal to... Linux and Perl and DevOps when DevOps became a thing and all of these different topics that I really kind of had to dig deep on and figure out what it was about before I wrote the press release because in true journalistic fashion I was not comfortable writing about something that I didn't understand.
1: Yeah, that and, makes
0: sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so as as a part of doing that, I started asking a lot of questions around like how do we know? that these topics are topics that people are excited about. How do we Mm -hmm. know that these are interesting things that people are really wanting to know the answer to? How do we know what questions people are asking? And I still think to this day, it was just me being an annoying, you know, 25 year old sitting there going, well, but, but why this and why that? And why aren't we asking these things? And I eventually kind of got stuck in this, stuck, I say with quotes, in this job of, community manager which i was new to and was basically told look you're asking great questions these are all good things how about you go figure this out and so that was kind of my my launchpad into tech communities and figuring out you know what questions do i ask and how do i really organize my own schedule how do i organize my own time when i have so many different things on my plate with you know conversations with community members as well as conferences and traveling and still still doing a lot of writing and blogging, and how do I kind of fit everything together? And along the way, discovered more about community management, discovered some other people who were doing similar things, and really fell in love with this idea of enabling developers and helping them have the best experience possible with the platforms and products and projects that we're working on as companies. And so okay. that's been... What I've been doing since then in a variety of companies and a variety of roles, I consulted for about two years and these days am the director of developer relations at an open source process automation company called Komunda, based in Berlin, Germany, but I'm based here in San Francisco. Oh, you should totally go to Berlin, Germany. <laughs> I love it. I actually, I had the opportunity to spend two months there uh, when I first started the job back in December, and it's a beautiful, fascinating city. So I'm looking forward to traveling back there someday soon, hopefully.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, well, uh, my very first episode was with my brother who lives in Berlin. So a lot of people since hearing that episode are like, I want to move to Berlin now. So. Oh, that's it's, amazing. It's, um, yeah, cool. Awesome. So. You transitioned into the that role and now you're a community manager. So basically you have, if I'm understanding this right, like you have a bunch of different tasks that you have to do, but you get to kind of control your schedule. And and that, as far as from like a work, when you work perspective?
0: To a certain extent, yeah. These days it's a little bit different because I'm managing a team. And so my, my schedule is kind of dependent on when my team needs me. But one of the things that everybody says about, community management and developer relations is this idea of there's, there's so much to do that you never get bored. Mm-hmm. And that's a blessing and a curse. I love it because I'm always doing something different. And also there's days when it's difficult to know you know, how much time should I spend on this? And when do I switch? And how do I switch context that quickly? And how do I make sure that I'm focusing on the things that I need to stay focused on and that are, you know, the highest priority for me and for my team and for the company as well as the community. So there's a lot to, lot to keep in mind there.
1: Yeah. You just have to learn as you go. Yeah. You've gotten way better at that over the years. Yes. I have a few tricks up my sleeve these days. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, which is kind of what we want to cover today. I know, you know, having, you know, you've worked remotely and in different, in a lot of different areas. And so, you know, when people are on the path to either creating their own business or working remotely, this all comes into play a lot. So I thought it would be super helpful to have you come on and to actually share some of those tips that you have for people who are, you know, either new to remote work or kind of being their own boss, like you have to do in most of your days. So yeah, absolutely. We can transition to to that a little bit. It's one of my favorite topics. (laughs) So yeah. I mean, how, how do you tend to stay productive and manage your time the best?
0: Sure. So for me, a lot of it starts with kind of having some self-awareness around When do I work best? How do I work best? What do I need to ensure that I am able to be productive in the environment that I'm in? And that depends on the day. These days, I'm obviously working from home far more and far less on the road than I used to be. But when I was on the road, it was a lot of, you know, what tools do I need to have in my backpack? What cables do I need to have in my backpack? What charging cables? And batteries and everything just to make sure that I can keep working wherever I am. But part of it is, is environmental for me. So making sure that my office space is clean or at least straightened and not cluttered. Right. And I think for me, it's a, it's a mental game to a certain extent of, you know, if the area around me is cluttered, I'm having, I have a hard time focusing on what I'm supposed to be doing. Part of it is also figuring out timeframes, right? So I know some people who work extremely well at five o'clock in the morning. I know other people who work really well at 10 o'clock at night. And hopefully if you have the flexibility from your management, you're able to kind of set your schedule for yourself. Mm -hmm. One of the nice things we do at Kamunda is each team has kind of what we call core hours. So there's a certain Amount of time that you overlap, hopefully, with the rest of your team. With my team, it's a little unique because we're literally spread all over the world. But having those core hours means that you know, if if you need to get a hold of somebody, you can usually reach them around that time. But if someone wants to start at ten or eleven o'clock in the morning and work until you know, six, seven, eight o'clock at night because that works better for them, that's fine. And so having that flexibility is huge because then you can really define, you know, if our core hours for our team are 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., I could start at six and be Mm -hmm. done at two or three and someone else might start at 10 and be done, like we were saying, you know, seven o'clock at night or so. Yeah. But you still have that overlapping time where you can connect with people and make sure that you're, you're able to connect synchronously where needed.
1: Uh, That's that's really smart. That's really smart. I mean, I feel like a lot of companies could consider doing that where, you know, you just have like two, three hours where, Mm -hmm. you know, this is when you need to be available. And then the rest of the time is flexible as opposed to what's normally like eight, nine hours. Everybody has to be on the same schedule.
0: Yeah. I love that. Well, and I think as a lot of companies are moving toward this more remote first concept, yeah, it's the only way that really makes sense because people are starting to figure out, you know, after five months of working from home, starting to figure out like, Well, working eight to five doesn't really work for me or I can't focus during that amount of time. Or maybe you have kids at home that need help and need to learn. And so we've got a lot of parents on our staff who are, you know, working a split day and are working some hours during the day when they can kind of switching off with their, with their partners or their spouses, but then also, you know, at times getting back on for a couple hours after their kids are in bed Mm -hmm. to finish things up. And it's not, Not necessarily a requirement, but there's some folks who have chosen to work, you know, I'll work four hours during the day and then four hours at night. And having that flexibility and understanding is huge. And it's not just for, you know, COVID times and it's not just for parents, but it's really it's been proven that, you know, if you can figure out what time of day you work best at you're going to be more productive. And if you're more productive in your work, you're going to be happier with your work. You're less likely to leave. You're more likely to contribute more. Right. And so it's, there are bonuses for everybody involved.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, so do you find, so is it, is there a way other than your core hours? Is there do you need to still track your hours somehow, or is it more just a trusting environment where it's like, we just know you're going to get your work done other than those core hours? How does that work?
0: Yeah, there's no real tracking hours. Um, We're all salary. And so it's more just, you know, everyone makes sure that they get their work done.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, We use OKRs and we actually track the, what we call our confidence in those OKRs on a weekly basis. So OKRs being objectives and key results. And those are set at the beginning of each quarter, but then every week we have a, a spreadsheet for every team and you go in and, you know, scale of one to 10, mark your confidence level, 10 being the highest or rather 10 being, you know, it's, it's complete, we are done. And so there's a general awareness among your team of, you know, here's how confident we are that this is going to happen. And having that visibility really lets us kind of go, Oh, okay, well, this project took way longer than we thought it would, or we ran into a lot of blockers, or we Mm -hmm. had bugs that popped up that we had to fix instead of being able to focus on the things that we wanted to focus on. And so I think a lot of it for us is visibility. It's the transparency and trust that's established within the employees uh, or between the employees, because we know hey, I can go check in with somebody about the progress on this ticket or the progress on this project or this more, you know, broad goal that their team is working toward. And I can see that at a moment's notice. I don't need to go track that person down at 6 p.m. my time. I can just go check a couple links uh, in our shared confluence and see right where they're at and what's going on. That's cool. Yeah. I love that, it. that communication piece is really key for sure.
1: Yeah. So do you have any tips for, you know, not getting distracted if you're at home? Yes. (laughs) Because I hear, (laughs) I hear that a lot, you know, it's, it's like, oh, I'm home and I'm just so tempted to do this or that as, as opposed to kind of honing in on, on what needs to get done.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's, it's hard because especially for folks who aren't used to it, you know, you can get distracted by cleaning the house or doing laundry or getting food or taking a break or whatever it is, right? It's so much easier than when we're at the office where, you know, you're sitting at your desk and that's the only thing that is in front of you. It might not be the only thing on your mind, but it's the only thing that you can really control. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple things that I've learned over the years. I've worked from home for the last eight years now, and there's some interesting things that i picked up on as far as productivity. And there's also some interesting things i picked up on as far as Making sure that I am not pushing myself too hard. So, yes, absolutely. So, my favorite hack by far is something called Pomodoro's, and it's Spanish, Portuguese. I might have to look that up later for tomatoes. And it's uh, this idea of a kitchen timer. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. And you set the timer for, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I think the standard is is 25 minutes, but I'll do it kind of based on how, how motivated I am that day, that week, how motivated I am to work on a particular project. But the idea is when that timer is set, that's what you work on. And so whether it's, you know, hey, I'm going to spend 20 minutes putting together my newsletter or 20 minutes writing a blog post or 20 minutes triaging my email inbox and making sure that everything that's in there is taken care of and consolidated. Mm-hmm. Um but the idea is you know for that 20 minutes or 25 minutes or 30 minutes however long you feel that you're comfortable putting into it your phone is on do not disturb maybe your computer is on do not disturb you aren't focused on anything else except for that one project and yeah. there's all sorts of pomodoro apps in the app store for a variety of computers there's also some web pages that do it and if you just google pomodoro app you'll find something
1: okay. but
0: the the nice thing that i've found about that is Especially if you're doing something like 15 or 20 minutes for those working sessions, it's very easy to feel like a project is too big to be able to break down into small chunks. And you kind of get lost in the, like, well, there's so much to do. Where do I even start? And if you can go, no, I need to start somewhere and I'm doing 20 minutes worth of work on it right now, mm-hmm. it's only 20 minutes you can do it for 20 minutes. You can ignore your phone. You can ignore other alerts on your computer. You can ignore things around the house and it's really only 20 minutes. Yeah. And the nice thing is after that 20 minute period, you get a five minute break or a three minute break or a seven minute break, however long you want to set it for yourself. But you have that break built in so -hmm. that then cool. That break is, or the, the work time is done. Let me check my phone. Let me check my work email. Let me check, Twitter, let me check, whatever it is that has been mentally pulling you away from the projects you're trying to focus on, you can check those things, and then that timer for your break goes off, and you restart your 20 minutes, and so it's this really nice way of kind of going, nope, I have to have this focus time, and for me, I have found that if I can just start that 20-minute timer... (laughs) And like, I'll, I'll start to like, you know, my mind will start to wander and I'll start to reach for my phone or start to navigate to Twitter notifications or something. And I'm like, like, I'll say out loud to myself, no, 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 hang on. I've got, you know, 14 minutes and 23 seconds left. Yeah. I can do this. Like it's only 20 minutes. I can push through. I can do it. I'll have a five minute break soon. And then after three solid working sessions, you get a longer break. So 15 minutes, 13 minutes, 17 minutes, something like that. But having that in there, having that built in is so helpful when you're tr- having trouble getting started. For and sure. part of what I found, I, you know, I played with this a lot when I was writing my book. I'm using it a lot now when I'm having a harder time focusing some days. And it's useful because there's so many times that by the time I get into that second or third Pomodoro, I'm through the the friction I'm through that most difficult point of just let's get this thing freaking started. I have to start on <laughs> yes. it. And so the break comes and I'm like, well, but, but I need another minute cause I just need to finish this thought. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't want to take the break because I'm actually on a roll. And so there's times when I'll go in and you know, once I'm actually in the flow of working, I'll start skipping the breaks, but I keep the Pomodoro's going because if I skip that break then you know i have i look at my timer as my brain starting to wander again and i've got five minutes left in this working session i go oh, okay no problem five minutes left and then i still have a break coming up nice. whereas if i pause that timer or stop it completely then it's a whole other mental battle of like well but now i have to start it again and if I started again, then I'm starting at the beginning of a 20 minute session. And maybe I don't have that in me right now. And yeah. so being able to just say like, nope, I can skip the breaks, but I'm going to keep the timer going is a great kind of mental hack of like, at any given time, you don't have any longer than 20 minutes to continue
1: working. So you just keep that going throughout your whole, like, I do. like yeah. oh, I'm going to work for four hours. I'm just going to do this the whole time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the the first couple of times I started using that, I was feeling a little bit guilty about like, well, but every 20 minutes I'm taking a five minute break. And then every hour that I actually work, I'm taking a 15 minute break. Mm-hmm. And one of my former coworkers, a friend from uh, O'Reilly, her name is Courtney Nash. She sat me down one day and she was like, you have to realize that if you're working from an office, like... There's people coming by your desk to say, hi, you're standing up to go get water. You're taking a lunch break with friends. Like you're not working a straight eight hours. It's not like you're sitting down at your desk and not moving and working solidly for that entire eight hours, even if you are working at the office. Yeah. So when you're working from home, if you need that extra productivity, like those five minute breaks are healthy because it means you're being that much more productive during that 20, 25 minute session than you would be otherwise.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I actually have worked with some, you know, remote working con like software developers just in my accountability. So I know they've been a little bit confused on like, oh, when I take breaks and things like, should I still bill for that time? What are your thoughts on that? Just from like, if it's a contract Uh, basis,
0: that's hard. Um, (laughs) It really is. And I struggled with this when I first started my own business, because one of my very first clients was hourly based contract work. And what I what I started doing was for the five-minute breaks, I still build for it. It was the equivalent of like, you know, I'm going to get up and go use the bathroom and pet my dog on the way back to my desk kind of a right. deal. Like it's not a significant enough amount of time. And I recognized that if I am super solid productive during that 20 minutes, I'm getting far more done in that 20 minutes than I would in 25 minutes or half an hour if I didn't have the Pomodoro's going. Sure. And I'm in a distractible headspace. So for the shorter breaks, I didn't take the time off, right? Mm-hmm. I still build for the time. Yeah. When it came to the longer breaks, I usually at the end of the day, it'll usually show you, like, hey, you did this many Pomodoro's and you had this many breaks. And so I just subtract that, you know, the number of 15 minute breaks from the total amount of hours that I worked during the day. Okay. And the reason why I did that instead of like marking down the time every time was because I found if I was being so specific about like, you know, I stopped working at 127 and I started working again at one oh now I'm putting myself on the spot 142 like well but it's 143 so do I take 16 minutes off of my time schedule at the end of the day or only 15 like I was just I was way overthinking it right instead of just being like look if I am in a productive mindset and I'm able to get these things done I'm going to keep counting the time even if I take a couple
1: minute break here and there yeah that's fair that makes a lot of sense yeah
0: yeah I, it's, cool. it's the mentality of what, what is your work worth? And if you're able to be more productive doing this, doing this Pomodoro routine, mm-hmm. then it's worth the extra five minutes here and there.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So are there any other productivity hacks or do you want to move into not burning out?
0: Uh, I've got one other thing. So for me, environment matters. I mentioned earlier, like yeah. I have a little home office and if that's fairly organized. I do fairly well. And pre COVID when coffee shops and things were open, I'd often, you know, if I found myself struggling to focus and I didn't have any meetings coming up for the afternoon, I would pack up my backpack and walk a couple blocks to the closest coffee shop and sit and work from there for a while. Yeah. And so I've learned over the years that, you know, if I'm trying desperately to focus on a particular topic or a particular task and it's not working, like get up, go somewhere else. And even these days, like maybe it's in the house. I'll move from my office to my couch Mm -hmm. or to a back room or something else. But changing that little bit of environment, changing up a little bit, taking my desk from sitting to a standing height, things like that can make a big difference. And then if that still doesn't work, I'll go to the next thing on my list because at least I've learned for myself that the harder I push myself to work on something that just simply isn't coming together, the more frustrated I'll get and the more likely I am to torpedo my entire day yeah. because I'm so focused on, I have to get this one thing done and I can't get this one thing done then I'm not able to focus properly on anything else either. Mm-hmm. And so if I can kind of shift my focus and start those Pomodoros and successfully get some other work done and get myself back in a working groove, then I can often come back to that thing that I was struggling with and give that another try and be more successful at it that second time around.
1: Sure. That makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. I love it. How do you uh, yeah not get burnt out and and make sure that you're not working way more than the, eight hours a day?
0: Yeah. So this is a big one that is near and dear to my heart. I have struggled with burnout. I burned out really hard at a prior job, previous job, probably, gosh, uh, five years ago now, probably. And a lot of it was, and I I can refer folks to a few different books about, you know, the science of burnout and things like that. But the, yeah. the essence of it boils down to a couple of things. Not feeling like you're in control is a big one. Not feeling like things are fair or that you're being treated fairly or that the, maybe the work is being divided fairly. And the other one that's, that's always been an issue for me is overwork. Mm-hmm. And those three things in combination, I've seen so many people struggle with during this time of being forced to work from home because yeah. they're suddenly going from, you know, cool. I go into the office at nine o'clock every day and I work my eight hours and I take my break and I leave the office at five thirty or six and I go home. And then once I'm home, you know, my backpack stays in my bag or only comes out if I'm on call. Or if I have a project, I absolutely have to finish, right? It rarely interferes with their personal life, with their home life. Yeah. And when you're working from home 24-7 and you have no evening plans, that boundary gets difficult to to find again. So one of the things I really encourage people to do is set a timer. Like, cool. If you want to start work at 8 because you can start an hour earlier because you don't have the commute time, that's fine but don't start work before eight. So if you're waking up at six and you're wanting to get stuff done, like clean the house, go for mm-hmm. a walk, work out, watch a TV show, read a book, do something else and actually leave your work day to start until the time that you designated to start it. Yeah something else that I do all the time now, partly to protect my calendar and partly because I need the mental kick every now and again is I have lunch scheduled on my calendar from 12 to one every day. And it's not just a like, Oh, Hey, it's there, but I'm marked as free. Like I am marked as busy as if I were in a meeting from 12 to one every day on my calendar. Nice. Because I need that reminder of like, no, no, no you need a break and not just you need food But you need to sometimes step away from your computer and get some fresh air. And there's days when I'll shift it a little bit where, you know, at 1150, when my timer goes off or my alarm goes off that the lunch period is starting soon, I'll go, oh, well, but I need to finish this one thing. And so I'll push it from like 1230 to 130 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But at least it's that block of time is there. And I can't miss it, right? And people can't schedule over it, or at least they shouldn't if they're looking at my calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's super helpful for me, as well as just for for blocking that time off for work. And then the last thing that I do is I designate what time I'm ending my day. So for me, my work day normally starts at seven because I'm overlapping with a lot of European coworkers, mm. and so at and I take an hour lunch break, and so then at four thirty, I have an alarm that goes off that's basically a like hi, if you're still working, it's a problem. Right. (laughs) And so I have, I've in the past set up some reminders of like a half hour before I want to stop. I'll kind of set a like, hey, wrap things up. And then when I'm supposed to be stopping, I'll set another alarm for like, all right, you're done now. And I'll admit like there's some days when that's really hard to pay attention to and walk away from Mm -hmm. because I'm in the middle of something or I'm finally being productive on something or able to, you know, find time to focus because I've had meetings all morning or whatnot. But having that mental reminder that goes off at least helps me remember that I have permission to step away. So if I'm still super stoked about what I'm working on and really excited about it, that's one thing. But at least I know, like, my workday is officially done. I don't need to be working anymore. And I'm not, you know, logging hours and checking out on a time system or anything like that. Sure. But it's, you know, I've worked my full day. And if there's other things that I want to do, fine. But I, you know, I have worked my my allotted time and gotten a good amount of work done. And I have permission to now step away from my computer. And that's been incredibly helpful, especially with a distributed team, because I have teammates who start working at around 11 p.m. my time. Yeah. And then I have a teammate who starts working around noon my time. And so he's still working at the end of my workday. And so I can kind of go, wait, no, I'm done. So-and-so still working. These other people are still working, still on the clock, but mm-hmm. my workday is over and I can step away from it.
1: So then do you, are you very diligent about then not checking your email throughout the night? Do you have a hard stop there? Cause I know a lot of people can get, <laughs> a lot of people can get sucked into the, the email it's, it's like true. 24 hours a day.
0: It's true. It's true. I do have email coming through to my phone, but it's helpful for me so that it's not mentally weighing on me that I don't know what's going on. So there's times when, you know, in the evenings I'll see an email come through and I'll clear the notification, Mm -hmm. but then I'm at least aware of the fact that it exists and it's there for the next day. I will very, very rarely actually go back to my email and like answer an email that night. But having the general awareness of this is kind of what tomorrow is shaping up like based on the couple, you know, semi-urgent things that came through overnight is is helpful to me. I will say when I go on vacation, when I'm like taking time off from work, yeah, I sign out of Slack, I sign out of email, I sign out of everything that is work-related on my phone and I close my laptop, and usually I'll, I'll actually shut my laptop down before I end my my last work day before vacation, because I do not want to get pulled into it, because I think everybody needs that separation and that true actual break at least a couple times a year.
1: Yeah, good for you.
0: It's, it's hard, but I've been burned by that in the past,
1: and I won't yeah. do it again. <laughs> for sure. It's like, what's the point of taking a break if you're still going to be you know, Mm -hmm. working here and there. It's not. Exactly. Exactly. You need that chance to fully reset. Yeah. Well, I love that. I think this has been super helpful. Thank you for sharing all the tips. Absolutely. I'm happy to. Where can we find you if we want to connect more and learn? I know you've also got a podcast and a blog and things like that. So yeah, send us your way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Twitter is probably the best way to reach me. Um, My Twitter handle is Mary underscore Grace. I have a blog and a website over at marygrace.community. And then I co-host the Community Pulse, which is a monthly podcast that kind of digs into community management and developer relations and talks to a lot of different people in the field
1: about all sorts of topics that address how to better enable our communities. Awesome. Very cool. Well, we, we can also put, if you send me those, we'll put them in the show notes. Absolutely. Happy to. Yay. Well, thanks so much again for coming on and taking the time. We really appreciate
0: it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I always love sharing kind of tips and tricks based on my experience.
1: So it's a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode. If anything in the show is resonating with you, please share and leave a rating and review so other people can find the show. You can find any links mentioned in the show notes AccountabilityBuddyForHire.com in the podcast section. And I would absolutely love to connect with you personally. Reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at AccountabilityBuddyForHire and let me know what questions or thoughts you have about creating your life of freedom and flexibility. And please join our Facebook group. Just search the Pretty Sure We Can Do Better podcast. I want us to create a community to share resources and support each other on our journeys. Thanks for being you and wanting more for your life, and I'll see you next week.